Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. everyone. It's Amanda Rieger Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. I am over the moon excited for this conversation and dialogue because we're going to talk about numerology. Numerology is not only one of my love languages, it is so inherent to my soul. I get numbers. And I tell you what, I'm not the greatest at math. I did okay. I did well in math in school. But it's not about the math of numbers for me. It's about the energy of numbers. And that's what the science of numerology is. It's the energy of numbers. Just like we have the 12 zodiac signs and they have personality traits that are both uplifting and beautiful and also challenging, the numbers are the same. And when I talk about the numbers, the basic building blocks of numbers are the numbers zero through nine. Those are your fun fundamentals. So there are 10 energies and really it's the numbers one through nine. And I'm going to go through the numbers a little bit later and share their personality traits, their characteristics and energies with you and how to work with them a little bit better. But first I want to dive into numerology. Inherently, numerology is ancient. If you think about it, well, first of all, numbers are everywhere. We all know this. We see them, whether it is the address at our house, our birthday, it's on our driver's license, our phone number, the speed limit, the clock. The numbers are everywhere, and there are sequences and codes. Pythagoras is the father of geometry and numerology, but he also studied harmonics, and he, he looked at numbers and harmonies of energies and frequencies and vibrations, and he associated those with numbers, geometry, sacred geometry at that. So he looked at the beauty, the harmony, the poetry, the interplay, the dialogue, the conversation. I mean, you can tell I get fired up about this because it's my, I told you it's my love language. And numbers light my fire. And when I see them, I connect with them. 
And the most amazing thing for me is numbers helped me with my intuition. So I hope that today the information I share with you as a resource, as an inspiration and a tool and a technique will give you some ideas. And because we see numbers everywhere, we have opportunities all the time to decode energy, to tap into something deeper. It's simple and it's fun, it's playful, but it's also validating and true. There are hundreds of incredible numerologists out there. And again, it's an ancient science. Think about it. Numbers show up in all of our religious texts, ancient civilizations and cultures. Numbers are significant and important. And of course, they're in science, but they're in religious traditions. They're in philosophy. Numbers are everywhere. When we know our numbers, we can better understand ourselves. Let me start at the beginning. I can remember, this is probably, I'm thinking it was around 2006, 2007, and I've shared this story before, but it was an eye-opening moment to me, and I know exactly where I was. And when I don't know about you, but when I know, when I remember something poignantly, the specifics, the energy, the feel, the vibe, there's something magical about points in time that are significant. And this is a significant point in time of recognition in my life of energy, of knowing something, of tapping into something deeper that I inherently knew or remembered, wherever that memory came from, deep down in my DNA, my soul, past lives, whatever it was, it activated something in me. I was driving between Tucson and Phoenix. I was on a business trip. I was in a rental car and there was Sirius XM radio. And I was listening to an interview with a woman named Glennis McCants. She is an incredibly gifted numerologist. She's pretty famous and she's tons of fun. I'm listening to this interview with her and she's talking about numbers and she's reading people and taking callers. And I, I was fascinated by the dialogue, but something was really familiar in that dialogue to me. I understood it. I knew it. It felt comfortable. I don't know how to explain it, but I just knew. And I, I know you all get that. When you just know something, you know, and it was familiar. But she was taking callers and they would give their birth date. And then she would talk, start talking about their numbers and their birth date and who they were. She'd start doing readings for them. But before she would start doing the reading, somebody would give their birth date and she would do a calculation and she would basically look at either what we call the attitude number or their life path number. And I'll talk a little bit about that later and I'll share with you how you can calculate it. I also have a blog. It's called September, the capstone month in numerology. It shows you how to calculate your attitude number and how to look at the energy of this month. So it's it's all there. I'll direct you to your resources. But she was calculating those numbers. When she started doing that and she would say, oh, this person is an eight attitude number. Before she would start talking about them, I would know what she was going to say. I would start reading into the energy of the person and the eight. And innately, I knew the eight is the energy of empowerment. It's the it's a bold number. It's a number of leadership. It's a number of risk and reward. It's a number of high, high energy and low, low energy and learning to balance that out. I, would I have been able to state that perfectly and repeat that back to that person on the radio in 2006 or seven? No. But when she was saying this and then, and then she would repeat back energies that I knew, 
I mean, I wanted to pull over to the side of the road because multiple times I was not paying attention to driving because I was so enthralled with the dialogue. But my fire was lit up. I got it. I got the numbers. And I would hear her in interviews. I, I researched her. I read her books. And I didn't do it very diligently at the time. But I remember there was a familiarity and a spark was definitely ignited that I knew numbers. I got the energy of numbers. And it would be years later when I opened up to my psychic and intuitive gifts When I asked someone for their birthday, it wasn't to look at their sun sign or their astrology. I knew fundamentally when I would look at someone's birthday, the the entire number code, the month they were born, the day they were born, the year they were born, and I would start to look at the numbers that I wrote down on the page, the numbers would start telling me a story. And very quickly from the basic code of someone's birth date, I would tap into the essence of their soul. So the numbers for me help me shift into an unconscious or an altered state. It's almost like that's what trances me out. I look at a number or I ask for a number or I hear a number. And nowadays I don't have to do that, but I love to do that. It's my, it's how I ground in. I focus in or hone into someone's energy. The numbers basically open up a sacred door for me, a code for me that is familiar and safe. And they give me something to play with and a framework certainly, but it's, it's basically what ushers me into this ability to connect with someone's essence. So that's really the origin of numerology for me. And I'm excited to share with you the basics and the fundamentals. And we're going to go through the numbers first. So this is definitely an episode. Once you're able to calculate your numbers, you can go back and you can listen to the energies. And it's a ton of fun, the correlations you may draw and what you're able to deduce about yourself or also work with in the energies that may be certain characteristics and attributes that you innately exhibit that you know about yourself. So let's start with the number zero. The number zero and the number eight are very connected because they're the only two numbers in the single digit numbers that do not have a beginning, nor do they have an ending. If you draw a zero, it does not stop or start. If you draw the eight and you turn it on its side, it's the infinity symbol. Those are the only two numbers that are have an infinite quality to them. Obviously, the eight is the infinity symbol, but the zero The zero is the zero point field, the God energy, the source energy. It is the great equalizer. It is the great enhancer of energy. It's the neutralizer. It is the beginning of an ending. It is the circle of life. When you draw a circle on your piece of paper, it is all inclusive and whole. It doesn't begin or end. It is this framework, this energy that radiates a sense of oneness or wholeness. And that's the energy of the zero. In our attitude numbers and our life path numbers, we do not have the zero as a fundamental base number. But I wanted to talk about the zero because anytime you're out and about in the world and you see a one or a seven or you see an 11 and a, you know, 111 
110, let's say that you see the number 110, if you're seeing that number 11, and we'll talk about master numbers, I'll close with master numbers, or maybe we'll do a bonus episode because it, it totally deserves that. But when you see the number zero attached to anything, it's like pay attention because the energy is special. It's unique. It's amplified. It's magnified. So when you see a zero attached to any number, it's amplified. It's it's not like an exclamation point. It's more like it's enhanced. Enhancement is probably the better word for that. So that's what the zero is. All right, let's dive into the numbers. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's dive into the numbers. Think about this really literally. The numbers one through nine. If the number one starts things out and the number nine wraps things up, one is about beginnings, nine is about completions. That's where we'll start. If you hold up your index finger, the number one, one literally means number one. It is the beginning. It's the great initiator. It's the number of the individual. Even greater than that, it's about your mighty I am. It is all about I, 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 me, me, me. And that's one of the challenging or low vibes of the one, a little bit of selfishness, self-centeredness. I want to be the center of attention. I, I, I. Yes, that is the energy of the one. But the one is the number one. It's the pioneer. It's the initiator. And it takes charge. Does it finish things always? Nope, because it initiates. It starts. It needs partnerships. And we'll talk about partnerships in a second because the numbers are sequential. When you have the number one, the number after it builds on the lesson. And we'll get to the number two. But with the number one, and if you have a one energy predominant in your birth date, which we will calculate later, it really says, I am a leader. I take charge. I raise my hand. I jump in. I jump into life. Doesn't mean that I'm not scared or afraid or hesitant, but I jump in and I do things. I initiate things. What do I need to know about myself? I don't have to do this alone. I can ask for help. I am fill in the blank. I am strong. I am whole. I am worthy. I am capable. And when the one energy is out of its feeling alone or isolation or selfishness or self-centeredness, when it amplifies that energy and becomes inclusive, when it becomes one with its energy, environment, its partnerships, its relationships, its job, its family, the one is really holding space in the highest vibration. So that's the energy of the one. After that, we go to the number two. So if the one is about the individual, the two is about partnership. It's about relationship. If you draw a two on your piece of paper, the top of the two is rounded and the bottom is like a base. So the numbers actually visually are very reflective of their energies. Remember how I drew the zero and the eight and they don't begin or end? The one is very masculine. It's the initiator. It's exertive. The two has feminine and masculine qualities of it because it's got that rounded energy and then it has that base at the very bottom that's angular. The two is about relationships. It's about balance. It's about harmony. It's about partnership. It's about meeting in the middle. It's about justice, fairness. It's also extremely intuitive. It's a very sensitive energy and so sensitive that it wears its heart on its sleeve. It gets its feelings hurt, but it's learning to be able to relate to others. It's about relationship. Who am I? That's the number one. And when you add another digit to it, when you say one plus one equals two, who am I and how do I relate to fill in the blank? The people in my life, my job, my health, my friends, whatever it may be. Who am I and how do I relate? And also, what are other people teaching me? And 
with the sensitive energies of the two, the intuition, the empathy that comes with the two, twos are deep feelers. Two is not a fast and furious number. One, fast, furious, out of the gates. Two is more about flow and balance and harmony and finding the middle ground. So sometimes when we have energy, uh, heavy energy of two in our field, it can feel like stopping and starting, hurry up and wait energy. It's a number of learning patience. And it's a number of learning that our sensitivities are something that we can harness rather than take personally. When we're sensitive, when we feel something, when we get our feelings hurt, when we overly analyze what somebody is thinking of us, worrying about that stuff, those are vibrations of the two that you want to say, wait a minute, what am I learning from this? What are they reflecting back? And how can I become stronger and better express myself while also being collaborative, being in relationship? That's the energy of the two. And again, practicing patience, trusting the flow of things, trusting you get to be one part and that the other, whether the other is another person, an experience, a job, a family member, or the other is the divine. The other is how do I relate to my divinity? And that's actually reflected more so in the master number 11. The number 11, when you reduce it down to its base frequency, that's the two. And the 11 is about tapping into the material and the spiritual world and bringing those two down to the earthly plane. So it's very, very intuitive energy. All right, let's talk about the three. So if the one is about individualism, the I, 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 the two is about relationships. The three is about what is created from the relationship. So the three is literally the creator, the creative spirit, the communicator, the broadcast journalist. The three is also, I call the three the tap dancer because they're very expressive. They're very social. They're out and about in the world. They have tons of affiliations, associations, acquaintances, relationships. Can they be a little bit superficial and put on the show that they want you to see? Absolutely they can because they're performers. They're meant to perform. They're meant to be on stage. They're meant to broadcast their message, their voice out into the world in very creatively expressive ways. The three gets its intuition and all of the numbers are intuitive, by the way. Then one is very instinctual. The two is empathic. The three is the claircognizant. And if you've heard me talk about claircognizance, it's like we get these insights, these genius ideas downloaded to us, usually when we're connecting and interacting and talking. It, it's like the creative genius that when it's on its feet and it's strategizing and organizing, connection, connecting and communicating, it, it gets brilliant ideas. So it gets those ideas through collaboration. With the energy of the three, the biggest lessons for the three are learning their voice, trusting their voice and using that voice authentically. So inherently it's about your yes meaning yes and your no meaning no. Have you ever been out about in the world and you've got a ton of stuff on your plate, you run into a friend and they're like, ah, it's so good to see you. And you chit chat a few minutes and they say, oh my gosh, we're going out on Thursday and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. You should totally come. And you're like, oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. And then you get in your car and you're going home and you think, oh my gosh, Thursday, 
I was planning on going home and having a relaxing evening, and I have things to do, and I just said yes to this, and I don't want to do that. I, I want to hang out with them, but I don't have time. I want to be home, and I want to do this. The energy of the three is learning a little bit of hesitation because it's very eager. It's so expressive that sometimes it'll say yes or no in the moment, and it doesn't take that hesitation moment, that that opportunity to reserve or conserve its energy, to step back and say things like, thank you for asking me, that sounds amazing. Can I get back to you? So really learning to step back and not necessarily always say yes or no, or create a definitive response in the moment to really step back and process something and even use their logic and be able to say, wait a minute, do I have time for this? Do I want to do this? Is this a good use of my time? So they're learning discernment. And when they learn to really listen to their voice, slow down just a little bit, When they speak, they are heard. People listen to them. They command their space and attention. And when they're authentic and not putting on a show just to garner attention or give the energy that they think someone needs from them, when they are truly in their light, they are capable of influencing and expressing themselves in ways that are so profoundly powerful. And that is their innate gift. Now, if we move on to the four, And if you draw a four on your piece of paper, it's totally masculine. It looks like a grid almost. It almost looks like a four-point quadrant. The four is very angular. It is all about organization, process, getting everything in its right space, and finding quality-oriented action. Fours are very goal-oriented. They like to streamline things. They're analytical. They are practical. They want to figure out every moving part and assimilate it into the best and most ideal clearest quality oriented path forward. However, the four can be so analytical and so structured. They're very structured. It's all about building a solid foundation with the four. Am I standing on solid ground? Is everything in its right space? And am I executing it in the best way possible? That's the energy of the four. The challenge that goes back into this is being rigid, being overly controlling, and also getting so darn lost in the details that it becomes analysis paralysis because they're analyzers. They're good with numbers. They're good with logistics, schedules. They're calendar mavens. They're box checkers. I love the energy of the four, by the way. I love all the numbers for so many reasons, but but when I am wanting to ground in and get something done and achieve it, I use the energy of the four. I tap into the energy of four. I'll write it on my piece of paper. There's a way to actually change your address numerology. The energy of my house right now is a four because I like that sense of order, structure, balance. But I know that with the energy of the four, I can get too critical, too judgmental. I can get too rigid. I can forget to be flexible, enjoy myself, relax, have fun. And also because the four is goal oriented, a lot of times once they achieve a goal or an outcome that they're looking for, they move on to the next project rather than enjoying the fruits of their labor and saying, wow, all of this got accomplished. This is amazing. The four also kind of like the one. And again, sometimes this is this masculine linear quality, the four forgets to ask for help. And the four doesn't always forget to ask for help. And this is the funny part of the four is it says, if I ask for help, they're probably not going to do it the way that I want it done. So I'm not going to ask for help because I don't have time to explain it to them and then them not follow through or do it the way I want to do it. 
That's the energy of the four. And what they're learning to do is to have some give and take, to be more flexible, to delegate to people, give them resources and and support them along the way and also not sweat the small stuff. The four can get so staunch and rigid that it gets stressed out and again, and then gets into over analysis. And one thing I will say with the energy of the four is people with four energy, because they're list makers, it is hard for them to turn off the analysis in their head. So when they go to bed, they're like, okay, what do I have on my plate? What's on my agenda? What do I need to do? Or they're headed, they're in their car going from point A to point B and they're they're methodically calculating everything. So learning that they're good at that. They're efficient in that and they can harness it in very quality oriented ways, but it's imperative to turn that voice off and to be and to let in the stillness. So with fours, they are very grounded, but they forget to pause and just breathe and be and also relax into their energy. On to the five. The five is, five's got a jive. There's no doubt about that. If you draw a five on your piece of paper, it's top heavy. The top is angular and masculine. The bottom is this big curve. And so it kind of teeter totters. And that is actually the energy of the five. It's a number of perspective, dynamic shifts, changes, and perspective. It's a number of freedom. It's a number of a little bit of self-expression, but also faith over fear kind of energy, jumping out into the world. It's also a right place, right time energy. When the five energy suits up, shows up, and uses its talents, the five has this propensity to be extremely multi-talented. Five people, five energy is proficient at lots of things. They tend to jump in and excel at or exceed expectations in most things that they put their heart and their mind to. When they put their energy into something, their focus into something, they learn things and they learn things faster than most of us. Where is the challenge with the five? Well, there's a handful of them. And the five is tricky energy. If you've got a five in your number code, it's one of those energies in this lifetime that is a very delicate balance. The eight is as well, but the five is very delicate because five energy is swift, it's quick, it's fast. It's like I said, it's lightning bolt energy. And what the five struggles with is boredom. Shoot, I've learned that. Shoot, that already happened. Shoot, I accomplished it. What do I do next? Okay, I'm over it. I'm so over it. I did it. I got really good at... um, you know, a certain sport. I jumped in and I, I, I just knew how to play this sport and I, I learned it, but I don't want to play basketball anymore. And and this is when a lot of times when I have parents and we talk about their children and some of their children have five energy and I'll say, oh man, they're really good at whatever they put their mind to, but they're your child that's like, yep, mom, I'm over basketball. I want to do dance now. And you've spent all this money and all this time and they're actually really excelling in basketball and you're cheering them on and you're, you know, as a parent, you're invested in their talents and where they're thriving. And then they come home and they're like, mom, I'm so over basketball. And and the parent's like, what? But you, you, we put all this time and money into your basketball and, and now you want to do dance? <laughs> like that's the energy of the five. It's kind of like squirrel, squirrel. And one of the things that I know with people who have fives, and, and I'm going to tell you the biggest shadow of the five is drama. Because when they get bored, when they get squirrely, they can create drama and they look for drama. So it can be chaotic. And they're learning to mitigate the chaos, not to seek or 
percolate in dramatic scenarios or situations. When they learn to heal the drama and when they learn to, instead of being bored, accept an energy of peace, well-being. Ah, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Okay, I'm kind of over this. I outgrew basketball. I did it. I jumped in. I excelled. I enjoyed it, but I don't love it anymore. I'm not enjoying it. And when they learn to, instead of ghosting basketball, let's call it, because they can be ghosters. They can be like, I'm done. I'm over it and walk out. They can get mad in a job and just storm out and they're done. They don't give their two weeks notice. And a four, by the way, a four would not storm out of a job. A four will persevere and do the job and come home and complain about it. And they'll stick to it and they'll say, well, I I put all this time and energy into it. I'm determined to make it work. Or I'm going to show up and I'm going to give my two weeks and put my heart and soul. I mean, that's the four. The five is like, I'm so over it. I'm done. I'm leaving here. They hacked me off today. That's the last straw. And they they throw their apron down and they, they walk out of the job. What the five is learning is to stop the drama cycle and be able to say, oh my gosh, I've outgrown this scenario. I've outgrown this vibration. I've outgrown this experience and saying, you know what? I'm over it and go to their boss or go to their coach and say, hey, coach, I'm not sure I want to play out the rest of the season. You know, help me in that. And 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 that's when they take wisdom or guidance from others to either help them stay in that scenario until it makes sense for the team. They don't always love to take one for the team. And that's what they're learning when they say, wait a minute, what's the greater good here? What lesson am I learning? And how can I exit this scenario, this situation in the highest light and really feel like I'm stepping out in my integrity? And when the five energy learns that and practices it. They are really the luckiest of all the numbers because they end up having opportunities seemingly out of the blue. It's a very fortuitous energy when they are in their best element and following through and practicing an element of integrity and character in however they show up, they end up with opportunities that are larger than life, that show up as if by magic. That's the energy of the five. And it is super tricky. And when I work with that energy, it's really one to finesse and it it can be challenging. And five people who I know, I mean, they can make tons of money. They can be successful and talented in tons of areas and they can get squirrely bored and be unhappy because they can't find their inner happiness. And it's also this inner job of feeling this inner richness, this fulfillment and this dynamic energy within and knowing that they can cultivate it by really being true with what they love, what they like and their own inner voice. All right, on to the six. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to the six. So again, if you draw the six on your piece of paper and use your imagination here, the six might look like a pregnant woman. The six is the mother energy. It is the energy of the divine feminine. It is the energy of wisdom, the wise counsel. It is a highly, highly intuitive energy. It's the energy that holds space. It's the energy of someone's house that you know you can knock on the door and walk in and sit down and have a cup of coffee or connect with a friend. It's that at home in your own skin energy that just provides you a sense of safety, comfort, and nurture. That is the energy of the six. It is the energy of wisdom. It's the energy of intuition and tapping into that intuition and sharing it with other people. With the energy of the six, what is most important is self-care because the six is a caregiver. The six is the nurse, the physician, the person that shows up and is the guidance counselor in your life, the mentor. That's the energy of the six. They give so much and they also feel so responsible for the world. The world can weigh on their shoulders because they are very sensitive and they're sensitive to other people, other people's happiness, other people's state of being, security, or mind 
And what they are learning is, wait a minute, if I am responsible for me first, how do I feel? Is my cup filled? Am I well rested? Am I taking care of myself? Then they get to be of service because they are so service oriented, but they typically are service oriented first and put themselves last. And that's what they're learning to reorder is moderating their sense of responsibility. First and foremost, I am responsible for my health, my happiness, my well-being, and then I get to show up and love on, support, counsel other people. The six are also exceptional in business because they're always looking at all of the players, the moving parts and how they integrate, but when they also are taking care of themselves and knowing their own role, they shine and they are exceptional and people look to them for wisdom, guidance, counsel, nurture, and just a soft space to land because that's who they are. With the six energy, the biggest lesson is oxygen mask on me, and then I get to help other people on the plane. Am I oxygenated? Am I well rested? Those are the big questions. And the intuition that comes with the six is like a deep knowing. You know how to hold space for, love on, and nurture people. It's also learning how to be the intuitive counsel for yourself, remembering that you say, well, how do I love on and nurture me? That goes back to that self-care element. And when the six really takes time, downtime for themselves, for self-soothing, healing themselves, they are the healer. At their highest, they are the wise one and the healer. Sixes, like I said, are like nurses. They're healers. They, they give aid to other people in a multitude of ways. And when they are in those capacities, they are at their highest, especially when when they are taking care of themselves. That's the energy of the six. All right, on to the energy of the seven. If you draw a seven on your piece of paper, it's like a one with a little bar on the top of it. So again, it's angular, it's masculine, but it, it kind of has this resonance of pointing up towards the heavens. The seven is the energy of the seeker. It's the energy of the analytical and intuitive genius. The seven loves to put the puzzle pieces together, to connect the cosmic dots. The seven loves to figure things out, to understand the meaning behind things. It likes to know things. It's the philosopher and it's looking for the philosopher's stone of life, the holy grail. It's on a quest. It's a very quest-oriented energy. It wants to be the hero in the hero's journey, the hero's journey of their own life. That is truly the nature of the seven. Yet the seven can be a bit of a recluse in the sense that the seven energy loves its own company. It loves to dive into a book or to learn something. The sevens love to learn. They're life learners. And it loves to learn and synthesize energy. But where it gets stuck is in that energy, it can kind of be afraid of or withhold information or not want to share its genius, its ideas, its insights with other people. So they tend to be very not so much standoffish, sometimes a little bit aloof or standoffish, but they analyze, they're, they look, they scan a room, they're always inspecting, but they're not always sharing what they're seeing, sensing, thinking, knowing, feeling. And when they step out of themselves and exhibit healthy vulnerability, seven is in its highest light. And a lot of times when I work with people with seven energy, I'm like, okay, 
What are you learning about that? What do you know? And they're like, yes, they have these aha moments, these mystical experiences that just come to them in these flashes of insight when all the dots connect. And I said, okay, well, who did you tell about that? Well, nobody. It just happened. It was amazing. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to understand it. Who am I going to share it with? That's that's really how they are. They're, they're secretive in a way, and they're not secretive in a way to keep information people from people or withhold it. They just are kind of like, nobody's going to get me. Like, I am this intuitive genius. And the stuff I have is kind of weird, quirky, unique, and outside the box. So when they find their people, when they find people that they can share it with or they can healthily say, oh, my gosh, you're never going to guess what happened to me today, you know, or you're never going to believe this synchronicity or guess what I figured out. When they share that kind of stuff, people want to hear what they share. And when they really start to trust in their own intelligence, their wisdom, their high level analysis, they're, they're such high level analytical thinkers that it can just feel a little bit like genius energy that, that won't be relatable. And when they learn or figure out who their people are, their environments, and how they synthesize information and how to relay it or relate it to other people, their opportunities are boundless because they light the spark of divinity, you know, creative intelligence, uh, higher wisdom, mystical transcendent moments within other people. They are truly genius. Sharing that genius is their biggest opportunity. And, And I love the energy of the seven. We're actually in a seven year. When you add up and sum down the number of 2023, two plus zero, plus two plus three, it equals seven. So this year, we are in the energy of seeking, searching, collecting information, and connecting those cosmic dots. It's a year of diving deeper into our faith and into ourselves, and introspectively, because the seven is very introspective, looking inward to really better know ourselves so we can better express ourselves in the world. And that brings me to the energy of the eight. So the energy of the eight, which I touched on a little bit earlier, is the infinity symbol. You turn it on its side and and you look at it, it is the, the energy of infinity. It is the great manifester. It's an energy of empowerment. It's an energy of great reward. It's an energy of magnetism, bold, dynamic energy. It's got a ton of leadership. But on the converse side of that, it has all of its darker, heavier traits, and it is learning in this lifetime to navigate those more fluidly and gracefully because on the other side of reward is risk. On the other side of empowerment is disempowerment. When you've got the light, you've got the dark. When you've got the masculine, you've got the feminine. It's all about this balance of both energies, two kinds of energies, the high vibration of something and the challenging or the low vibration of something and finding the middle ground. So when we know our challenges, when we know a certain fear or a worry or a doubt and we identify it, we can say, okay, I know that I am stressed out today and I'm stressed out because I'm afraid I can't get everything done on my plate and I don't have anybody to help me. When we know that stuff, then we can step back and we can process that fear and then we can get into solution of, okay, how do I empower myself? How do I take action? And the eight is very action oriented. How do I empower myself to streamline my to-do list, to ask for help, to delegate, to start creating and defining solutions, not only in my mind or in a practical way, but in my energy field, because the eight is a number of energy and it's also the money number. Heads up, eight is the money manifestation number. But in order to understand 
abundance, money, manifestation, it is really about tapping into the energy of the the dark energy and the light energy and balancing that out. So you use your fear to step into faith. You use disempowering energies or situations to heal those things and propel yourself into an empowered state. The eight is also a very blunt energy. They're not time wasters. They say what they mean and they mean what they say and they have little time wasting energy because time is money to them. I'm gonna repeat that. Time is money to the energy of the eight. And I'm not saying so much about the bottom line of money, whereas a lot of people with eight energy go through periods of tremendous wealth or abundance, and then they go through periods of lack. So it's about recognizing a limiting consciousness, a lack consciousness versus an abundance consciousness, an infinite mindset. That's what they're balancing out. And much like the energy of the five, it's a delicate balance to harness that energy because there's a sweet spot to it. So when you understand where you're limiting yourself, frustrated, holding yourself back, and you can recognize it and then realize the opposite of that energy. So if it's lack, I'm not enough, I don't have enough, how am I going to get all this done? It's saying, wait a minute, this is what I have on my plate, and here's what I do have today because they're very resourceful when they use their logic and their intuition together. When they harness the right and the left hemispheres of their brain, their logic and their practicality with their intuition and creativity, again, infinite possibilities. All right, last but not least, we have the omega. If the one is the beginning, the alpha, and the nine is the closure or the ending or the omega, that is what the nine energy is essentially emanates. If you draw a nine on your piece of paper, it's kind of like the opposite of the six, but it's it's circular on top and then masculine in its body. It's linear in its body. In Chinese numerology, the nine is the energy of the emperor. It's the number of rising all the way to the top. It's the number of reaching the peak of something. It's the number of closure, the energy of innate fill in the blank, innate experience, innate leadership, innate wisdom. It's also the number of the humanitarian, the number of nine wants to show up, utilize its leadership for the betterment of humanity. The number nine can feel exhausted and overburdened because it can feel like, gosh, everybody is struggling. I can't help them all. How are we going to change the world? The nine is very inclusive. It leads naturally. It's not so much the energy that says, I'll do it. I'll get it done. Like the one, because the one jumps in and takes charge. The nine steps back and people look to the energy of the nine and say, oh, what solutions do you have? Hey, can you step in and do this for us? Will you take charge of this today? The nine is also about surrender. The nine is the let go and let God number. It essentially means suit up, show up, show up in your highest light and and integrity because the nine is about integrity. It's about the culmination of the numbers that come before it. Nine is the sum, literally, mathematically, nine is the sum of all the numbers that come before it. If you add one plus two plus three plus four plus five plus six plus seven plus eight and you, you add those numbers together and reduce it down, it equals nine.
So it's quite literally the lessons, of, the sum of, the lessons of every single number before it. That's a heavy load to bear. So if the nine does not know how to say, okay, I've shown up, I've done my part, I've given my heart and soul, and the energy of the nine gives its heart and soul, it's very generous, but also can be very discouraged and disillusioned and depleted. Where the nine gets to be its most vibrant is when it says, okay, I've done my part. I give the rest to you, God. God, you show me. I've done my role. God, you take this. You got it. I'm surrendering to the outcomes. I'm practicing acceptance. I truly trust and have faith that I have done my part. I've done it to the best of my ability with the most quality and integrity. And I trust that no matter what the outcome, that something bigger is working with and in cohesion with me for whatever that divine purpose is. So it's the number of surrender, of letting go, and it's the number of completion or closure. So nine energy always signifies an end of an era, an end of a time, what needs to be healed, let go of, processed in order to usher something new in, which is where we begin again at the one. So that is your rundown of the numbers. And you can tell that these numbers just flow through me because I inherently understand and know them and see so much into them, but they work. Numbers work. And that's what I want to help you with is calculating your numbers. So we're going to do some quick basics and I will dive deeper into this in a follow-up episode where we'll do master numbers. We'll talk a little bit more about the energy of September. I'm going to touch on that right now. But also, we will talk about why September is an important month in numerology and how you can tap into those energies and your numbers better. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the attitude and the life path number, those are your two easiest numbers to calculate. Your attitude number is quite literally the sum of the month you were born and the day you were born. It's your birthday. So I'm born on October 8th. That is 1008. Any way I sum that up and reduce it down, it's going to equal 9. So if I add 10 plus 8, that's 18. 1 plus 8 equals 9. I'm a 9 attitude number. If I add 1 plus 0 plus 0 plus 8, that equals 9. Any way I add those numbers, they equal 9. If you have an attitude number that you add together and it still equals a double digits, just take the double digits that you've gotten and add those numbers together. So let's say you have a birthday that adds up to 24. You get the number 24, you add, then you reduce it down again. Two plus four equals six. Then you would be a six attitude number. So if your birthday is April 1st, April Fool's Day, four, one, you add four plus one and your attitude number is five. If your birthday is January 5th, 15th, you add one for January, one, one plus one is two, plus five is seven, and you're a seven attitude number. So that's how you get your attitude number. The attitude number is exactly what it says it is. It is your attitude. It is your personality. It is the way you are seen or perceived at first glance. It's what we give off. It's the vibe we get off, give off personally to people. What I find most often with the attitude number, it's very comfortable for us because it's like the mask we wear out in the world. It's how, how we're most comfortable with people seeing or perceiving us. So deeper than that is the life path number, which is our life lesson. And I'll show you how to calculate that. I'll explain how to calculate that shortly. But what I want to say about your attitude number, when you calculate your attitude number and you figured out, oh, I'm a number seven, 
Listen back to the energies of the number seven. The seven is the seeker. It really puts the cosmic dots together. It's connecting, learning, always assimilating information and knowledge. But where is it challenged? It wants to hoard all that knowledge and keep it. And a lot of it is for fear of being misunderstood. So when you know you're a seven and you, you're analytical and you like to figure things out and, and put puzzle pieces together, find your people, push yourself a little bit further. Who can I share this stuff with that gets me, that hears me, that sees me, and is excited about these things when I share that information. And is everybody going to be excited about what you have to share? No, that's people and relationships. So you sevens find your tribe. But whatever your attitude number is, go back and listen to the energies of that. And one of the questions you're probably asking yourself is, is this the same as the Enneagram? No, numerology is different from the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram and I understand that framework and the metrics and I totally resonate with the personality traits of the numbers derived from the Enneagram. Numerology is different than that as far as the interpretation of both the frequencies and energies of the numbers. Numerology is, you know, especially Pythagorean numerology, which is what most modern numerologists use, is the ancient vibration and frequency of each base number. The Enneagram comes from a different code, a different metric, a different ancient practice. So yes, it's all valid, but your attitude number, your birth date numbers are not the same as the interpretations from the Enneagram. So make sure you know that. And I, like I said, I love both study both. I, the more knowledge and the more understanding I have of myself and my psychology, the better I know myself. And that's my quest. That's what I love to do because then I get to help other people in that adventure, in that quest. Okay. So you got your attitude number. And one more thing I want to say about the attitude number that's coming to me is we, like I said, we're really comfortable in the attitude number because it's how we express ourselves and how we show up in the world, the mask we wear. It's about being able to kind of dial that attitude number back sometimes and really tap into your life path. And, and even deeper, it's the, the energy or the confluence, the dialogue between the attitude number and the life path. How do you get your life path and what is it? The life path is derived by adding the sum total of your birthday and reducing it down to a single digit. So my birthday is October 8th, 1980. So when I add, and let me do this math here because I'm doing it in my head. I know the numbers. I know what they reduce down to, but let me let me go slow. Uh, we already know my attitude number is nine. So we added one plus zero plus zero plus eight. That equals nine. And then we add that to one plus nine plus eight plus zero. And even if I, say, if I take the number 1,980 and I add nine to it, that's going to be 1,989. And when I reduce that number down, it's going to equal the number I'm about to give you. So any way I add my birthday together, it will reduce down to the same number. So when I add nine to the number one, that's the number 10. And then I add the number nine, 19 to 10, that's 19. And then I add an eight to that, that's 27. So when I sum up the single digits, all, all the digits of my birthday, it equals, <laughs> it actually equals the number 27. So I reduce that down two plus, and 27 means something, by the way. Apart from the number nine that I'm about to say, two plus seven equals nine, the number 27 has a meaning and an energy to it that I understand about myself as well. It has a lesson in and of itself, but when I sum it down for simplicity, my life path number, my life lesson, the vibration I came down into this earth to inhabit 
is the number nine. So ironically, or funny enough, I am a nine attitude number and a nine life path. Most people are not double digits. When we're double digits like that, it's kind of like a mastery of that energy. It's a doubling down of the lesson. It can be super brilliant and super challenging. It's all the numbers have those energies, but I'm actually born in a nine year. That's kind of the magic of the energy of the nine. I was born in 1980. If you add up one nine plus eight plus zero, it actually sums to nine. And then uh, I'm a nine attitude and a nine knife plus path. So I'm a triple nine. So I inherently understand the energy of the nine. It drives me crazy and it blows my mind. So your life path number, what you'll do is you take your entire birthday and you'll add all the single digits and then you keep reducing it till you get a single digit. Whatever number you get, let's say you add it up and you get the four, you know your life path number, your life lesson, the energy you are here to inhabit is the energy of the four. It's about order, organization, process efficiently, effectively accomplishing your goals. And then you also know, oh, that's right, I'm the four. I can be a little bit controlling. I can be a little bit rigid. I can be inflexible. I can set a boundary and never look back. I can be a little bit unforgiving or unrelenting. And that's where you learn to ease up. And then you harness yourself into the highest expression of the four, which is all about building something to last, building a solid foundation in order to manifest and create and build build things in this material world that are brilliant and abundant. So that's the number. So you got your attitude number. That's your birthday, the month you were born, plus the day you were born. That's the attitude. And then you've got your life path number. That is the sum total of your birthday reduced down to a single digit. So your attitude is your attitude. Your life path is your life lesson. Now you can go back, listen to the numbers, do your math, do your numbers, decode your energies and see what matches up. See what resonates with you. One of the cool things about knowing and looking for number codes is you can look for a number code every day. Just look at today's date, whatever the date is. Let's say it is September 3rd. Nine plus three equals 12. One plus two equals three. You've got the code. You've got the math. Today is a three day. Today is a day for me to communicate, to connect, to be tap into my creativity, be expressive where I might not want to be, to feel vivacious. You can take that a step further and you can add the three energy to 2023, which is a seven. Three plus seven equals one. So you've got the energy of the three and the one that are working, the three, seven, and the one actually. See, the numbers can get, there's so much more to our personal numerology than the attitude number and the life path. Our names have number codes attached to them. We have an essence number. We have a life bridge number. I mean, the numbers, very much like astrology, there are so many ways to calculate, look at the interface and the dialogue, but you can simplify it. Oh, okay, today is a three day. Don't even worry about the year because that's a bigger energy. That's a bigger theme. Today's a three day. I'm going to be creative. Oh, today is an eight day. Let me work on manifestation and really let me pay attention to where I'm afraid, where I'm limiting myself. If I'm getting into lack, doubt or worry, okay, I'm going to notice that today and I'm going to breathe through it and then I'm going to step in and find my empowerment. Oh, today is a nine day. It's about closure. It's about completing something. It's about suiting up, showing up, doing my best job, giving 
the from the generosity of my heart and then giving the rest to God, practicing acceptance, being able to really look, watch, and wait kind of energy. So that's how you can look at number codes. And of course, I can be driving and look down at the odometer and it can have, you know, master numbers, repeating numbers. People call them angel numbers. There's lots of ways to look at it. And I see number codes in the numbers and all of a sudden I'm firing and wiring or receiving a message. So see where you find numbers. I also mentioned my address numerology. I wrote a whole book on that years ago. It's not in print anymore, but it was called The Abundance Code, How to How to Your Address Numerology. And we can change the energy in our numerology in our home. Have you ever gone to a hotel room or spent the night at someone's house and you just, you couldn't sleep or you were really wired or you were super tired? I'm not saying that there aren't environmental factors or personal factors that can be factored in, but... A lot of times when I walk into a hotel room, I know the number code of that hotel room and what energy frequency it's vibrating at. So if I walk into a hotel room and it is a number eight, I usually will change it to a six or a four because the six is the number of hearth and home and nurture and comfort. And if I'm needing a good night's sleep, I don't want to be high to low energy and and feeling my emotions high to low really fast. You know, unless I'm needing that empowerment, typically I will look at energy codes or I'll notice what the number code is on the door. It's the same with my home. My home is 19. 19 is actually a karmic number because it's got those bookends, the alpha and the omega, the one, the beginning, the nine, the ending. So it can be a really intense energy. People who have 19s in their energy, I know many people uh, who have like a one attitude and a nine life path, that's intense because it feels like a freaking eclipse their whole life. Beginnings and endings all the darn time. It's exhaustive. And yes, can we work through that and harness that energy? A hundred percent. Those are extremely empowered souls. They came here to learn, to grow, to shine. But once they realize it and recognize it, then they can work better with the energies. It's the same with the energy of my house. So when I add together one and nine, it equals 10. So it gives me the number one. When I add one plus nine, it equals 10. One plus zero equals one. So the energy in my home naturally is the number one, which is about individuality. I've got this. I'm going to figure it out. The mighty I am. And while I love that number and I use it in so many ways, I don't necessarily want that in my home. I usually want to change it. So there is a way to change your address numerology. And I will show you how to do that in the follow-up episode because it will rock your world. I change people's address numerology with my clients all the time. We do it. We sell houses. We sell businesses. If someone is looking for love, I did this with my mom, and it's actually a pretty sweet story. And I'll I'll share this with you in closing as we wrap up the numbers. But a handful of years ago, after she was diagnosed with cancer, my, my dad died in 1999, and they were totally in love. And she didn't date. She she suited up, showed up, and took care of me, and made a lot of sacrifices, worked hard. But she really didn't date and wasn't comfortable dating for many years. And after she got cancer in 2017, 2018, and she did well, we were sitting down talking one day, and she said, man, it would be really nice to find love. It would be, you know, I would, I think it would be great to meet somebody and have somebody to go out with. Now, mind you, she has terminal cancer, but she's on this incline. And, you know, my dad has been deceased for 
20 some odd years. I mean, so this is a funny conversation worth having. And she said, why don't we change my address, numerology, Amanda? You know, if we change my numbers, can we get me a man? And I was like, why not? Let's do it. So we did her address numerology. We changed it to a two. And we set intentions. When we changed it to a two, the number of partnership, relationship, love, connection, because that is the energy of the two. And I'm not sure I said that the energy of the two is also about love, but it is. I said, this is what's going to happen, mom. At first in the house, it's going to feel kind of wonky when we change it to the two. You're going to be really impatient. You're going to feel out of whack. You're going to feel out of balance, but let it calibrate and then just forget about it. And we set the intentions that she was open to love in any form. And we weren't just talking about romance. She, because she knew she was sick, and her time was limited, it became precious, and she wanted love in all relationships. And in that time, I kid you not, and now I'm smiling because a lot of really amazing stuff happened. She and her brother um, made amends in that time frame, and I didn't even think about this in the form of love and relationships and how it related, and I don't even know if my mom and I correlated this, but I'm remembering it now. She and her brother made amends, and for the last five years of her life, those two had the sweetest times and the sweetest memories, and it it made her last five years whole and loving and healthy. And that happened after probably in the months to follow, she was able to reconnect with her brother. They made amends, and the two of them got to love on each other and be brother and sister, which that's a really high vibration of the energy of the two. But not long after that, and it was probably two or three months, my mom met someone. She was in her... <laughs> infusion center at the oncology place and there was this gentleman there who volunteered who had lost his wife years ago to cancer and I had met him a bunch of times and I was like mom that's the kind of guy you need to go out with and she said oh no 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 no, I, no, I can't do that you know no 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 he's not flirting with me he was totally flirting with her and it was so funny because it wasn't long after that she said you know that guy you know and I'm like yeah I know that guy she said well he he, he wants to like come out and see where I live because he's thinking about downside and next thing you know, he comes out, they go to dinner, and they had the sweetest romance the last few years of her life. And she found love and partnership and happiness, and it extended her life. So I know I'm telling you kind of a wild, wacky story, but I have a lot of those stories around address numerology, the energy of spaces, the energy of places. So I'm showing you when you tap into numbers and you harness those frequencies, I work with lots of realtors to sell houses or people who are putting their homes on the market to change the energy. And I'm like, just do it, do this. I know it sounds wacky, do these through a few things. And it's not, it's just, it's amazing. It's kind of mind blowing how it works, but numbers are everywhere. They're sequences, they're codes. And we, when we learn like Pythagoras was exploring when we learn to find the harmony and balance of our energies, our frequencies, our numbers, the numbers around us, pretty magnificent things can happen. So I hope you've enjoyed this. You know this is my jam. I already told y'all this is my love language. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Sessions. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will be following up. I will follow up and I'm going to talk about the numerology of 2023. I'm going to talk more about September and why September is such an important month and teach you how to calculate your personal year and your personal month. So you've learned your attitude number, you've learned your life path. We'll talk about calculating your personal year and your personal month. And we'll also talk about mastered numbers because and angel numbers because everybody loves that. And how to use them. What do I do, Amanda, when I see a master number? 
I'll tell you all about that. I have all sorts of tricks and tools. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Sessions. If you've got any questions, any comments, any magic that you're figuring out with your numbers, shoot us an email at podcast at soul sessions, podcast at soul sessions.me podcast at soulsessions.me. Be sure and give us some feedback, share your insights. Thank you so much for joining us. Be well. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.